This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Put my name up in the light. All eyes were on the NBA game two in the series that everybody's talking about between the Warriors and the Lakers. Could the Lakers deliver what would feel like a knockout blow? Well, it turns out the answer to that was a very strong no. Because not only did the Warriors win, the Warriors crushed LA 127-100 in a game where everything we said wouldn't need to happen felt like it did. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Andre Snellen joining us in studio for the next hour. We're going to do all sorts of great breakdowns. It's going to be a three-man show, uh, but uh, Dre, this is the first thing we got to break down. During the last commercial break, which was roughly four minutes, Harry Douglas, who looks like he could still play in the NFL, ate a full bag? Like, was that a full bag of Cheetos, Harry? Like, uh, Yeah, full bag of uh, Cheetos and my my 24-ounce Sprite is now gone. So next on the agenda is my Hershey's Mr. Good Bar and my Pure Leaf Extra Sweet Tea. And this is all, like, this is all hour one. Oh, I yeah. mean, this is, this is our one. Like, I, I'll admit, I went to my, like, I got this nutritionist, dietitian. <laughs> I'm on this whole workout path. I This morning, I felt like I was going to be a little bit of a cheater, so I got some chocolate chip pancakes mm-hmm. at the diner. But even with those, like, I got the order of chocolate chip pancakes, and then I got egg whites with them, and I ate the egg whites first and only gave myself part of the chocolate chip pancakes at the end. I'm on a journey. Harry's <laughs> over here eating damn Cheetos, like, housing them in the matter of three minutes, and then he still looks like he, this is unfair. It's all about the athlete metabolism. Like, yeah. way, way, way. Way, way back in the day, you know, when I used to run track, <laughs> like if you came to room 212 at like one in the morning, everybody was Cheetos, housing just snacks, you know, because we knew we was going to burn it off. These days, if I do that, it's, it's like a one to one correlation. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Harry's still enjoying that professional athlete metabolism. Mm-hmm. Well, see, yeah. I still speak in tongues, too. Shabba, shabba, la, la, <laughs> I tell you what, speak in tongues in about five years when that metabolism slow down. I mean, I'm just saying, I showed up at a minor league hockey game the other night. My buddy looks at me and he's like, I know you don't eat carbs this late, so what are you having? And I'm like, this is this is where my life is. My God. All right. Uh, the life of a Lakers fan, difficult right now, uh, obviously, as they had high expectations yesterday and then all of the yeah buts for the Lakers seem to rear their ugly head at once. And this is where it gets kind of tricky because we all, everybody's been debating about the greatness, for example, of AD. We know that AD can be incredible, but he was irrelevant last night. I just gave the stats, so I want to get your thoughts on this because I had stats and info, look it up. And if you look at player efficiency rating Mm -hmm. on odd number games throughout the course of this year's playoffs, Anthony Davis is putting up the highest efficiency we have ever seen in the history of the NBA. In even number games, he's just below an average NBA player. 13.8 and 15 is considered average. He's putting up a 13.8. So for context, on even games, he's barely a roster guy. And on odd games, he's the best we've ever seen. Why? Like, how, how, do, how do you even deal with that as an organization? Yeah, so with AD, and I'm glad you brought that stat up because it speaks to what happened in the game yesterday. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about the adjustments the Warriors made, but I think one of the adjustments was it was an even game. So Anthony Davis wasn't going to be the best player ever. He was going to be the also-ran guy, and and the Warriors just took advantage of that. Um, As far as moving forward, the Lakers don't have to have the GOAT Anthony Davis in order to win this series because the player efficiency rating, a lot of it is is based on offense. It's offensive. How, how, how efficient are you scoring? What's your volume? All of those things. What they need from Davis 
is Bill Russell. Like they need him to control the paint. They need him to block shots. They need him to grab the boards. They need him to hit open looks. They need him to be a resource that can get to the line and draw free throws, take advantage of the either size mismatch he has on Draymond or the quickness mismatch he has on Looney. But they don't have to have him score 30 points a game in order to win. They just need him to be involved and active in himself. And he wasn't that yesterday. And that wasn't because of a Warriors adjustment. It's just for whatever reason, he's my my colleague Aaron Dolan calls him the biggest yo-yo in the NBA right now. He's up, down, up, down. And you can, by the way, make money on that if you're mm. betting on it. Oh, I did. <laughs> but, 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 but damn, Dre, you know where all that starts at? It starts at, with the mindset, the <laughs> mentality. Like if, if, if Anthony Davis can literally be the most dominant player in this series if that was his mindset, mm-hmm. which I don't think it is. Like, being aggressive to me is everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if I would have had that 30-point game the other night and I'm going in game two, I'm, I'm telling to myself, these, I'm, I'm going to use the letter, these MFers going to eat my lunch. I'm going <laughs> to make them eat my lunch today because I'm about to give them everything that they can handle. I'm about to own the paint, and I'm going to be dominant. But you, like Coach Ham mentioned, you can't be relaxed. You can't be content with game one numbers in that win. It's okay to be great and be dominant. It's okay to be consistent. And until Anthony Davis starts to understand that, we're going to continue to have these conversations about him being off and on. But, off here, and on, but off here's and on. what kills me about that, Harry. Like, so, Andre, I'll tell you a story here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were, we, the ESPN radio crew had a, uh, we were part of an intramural volleyball league here at ESPN. Uh, it did not go well for us, but <laughs> no, to nobody's surprise. And we were about to take on the best team. And the best team has a bunch of people that played like D1, D2, college volleyball versus us who struggled to get the ball over the net most of the time. But we're there to have a good time and build some relationships, right? So we, Devin and I, working on the show, we were talking about the game beforehand. And we were like, well, we're going to get our asses kicked. Might be the angriest I've seen Harry at this oh, show. Because he's sitting here he's like, how can hot. you say that before? you got to have a different mentality. I'm saying that story because the one thing that, that I can't make sense in my mind when AD is you got LeBron. Yeah. Now, if there's anybody in the world that's going to stand in next to you as a teammate and be like, uh-uh, that's not the way you have to think. That's not the way we have to be. You need a different mentality. Like, that's LeBron here. We know LeBron is that person. I can't imagine still being this oblivious to bringing that level of intensity when you are teammates with LeBron. Yeah, I feel that. And, you know, some of it is intensity. Honestly, at this point, some of it may be physical. Like, we we talk about Anthony Davis and how kind of fragile he's been through the years and how he's, you know, missed. I think I heard a stat that yesterday was the first time since, like, 2020 that he's played 20 games in a row. You know, I mean, so that's like a three-year period. And so he has played 20 games in a row. And I heard you guys talking about load management earlier. You're not supposed to have to load manage the playoffs. But when we're talking about Anthony Davis, <laughs> you know, I mean, keep it real. Like, he was on the court. Sometimes you might have to be happy that he's there. And so you, we, we talked about in game one, they were super intense on offense and defense. AD goes for 30 and 23. They, they, they win the game in, in San Francisco. I don't think he could perform at that level four straight games playing every other day. Maybe he could. Maybe he should strive for that. Maybe, you know, (laughs) Harry, I was a little disappointed. I just knew you were going to come in. You got to let him hang. You know, maybe that's that's what he should do. But maybe he's also making business decisions like, 
they're not going to hang too low in game two. I'm going to save it up for when I get back home, and in games three and four, I'm going to do what we have to do so we can go up three to one. I don't know if that's the right mentality, but I have a feeling that's part of it. I'm just but I, but but I'll I say this though, like from an athlete's perspective, when when you when you think and I'm, we're not saying AD's thinking like that, we're just we're just talking in general. Yeah, when you think like that is when you get your ass sent home too, <laughs> especially against a Golden State Warriors and a Steph Curry, a team that just won the NBA Finals last year, who has one of the better coaches in the NBA. You can't have that mindset if you AD every night, even if you can't do the physical. That has to be your mindset regardless because. This is a team that could put you out with the blink of an eye. If you're not right, the way they shoot the basketball, the way they get up and down the court, you could be up one point, one minute, three minutes later, you could be down 12. Well, all of this speaks to AD's inconsistencies and a mindset. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, was on Get Up, and this is what he said about why AD played his best basketball, not yesterday, not earlier in these playoffs, but actually in the bubble. Everything stayed the same. Mm. It was unusual for that situation to happen, both him staying up here and for that, nothing to change. The venue didn't change. He didn't get on a plane, didn't get on anything, and that's why it was so valuable. So we saw it go down. Now we know. Game three, it's going back up. And the thing about it is, does it drive the Lakers crazy? Of course it drives the Lakers crazy. <laughs> but they need him. Badly. So they, will, they, they must deal with this type of inconsistency. And I really do wonder... I don't want to guess what LeBron's mindset is, but I really do wonder if we got to halftime last night and LeBron took a look at the lay of the land and goes, all right, let's get ready for game three. Man, I, you know, that, <laughs> it's only funny because this is one of the things, Dre, that we talked about on the show yesterday, that if, if this game turned into a blowout, maybe that was a sneaky advantage to the Warriors because or to the, to the Lakers because they could just shut everybody down and rest their, their legs. I don't know how much difference that extra 10 or 12 well, minutes Fitz, makes. Wait, wait really quick, though. What did I tell you, though, about the, two, the difference in the two teams? Yeah, he did. When the Warriors are down big, the Warriors can come back at any given moment. When the Lakers get down big, hey, let's go ahead and pack this thing up. Let's get ready for the next game, y'all. Absolutely. And, I mean, honestly, it was, it, it was good to, to, to hear someone else say that out loud because coming out of halftime yesterday – I was sitting there. I was watching the game. I'm sitting in my office. I'm working on my computer. I had the TV on. I turned the volume down because I was like, this is about to be a blowout in 3-2-1. Like, I, it was, I feel like everyone could have felt that coming. And maybe LeBron did feel it coming at the half. I might take it a step further. I've heard y'all talk about that yesterday was the LeBron game. Yesterday was not a LeBron game. Like, I've, <laughs> I've spent a lot of my formative years living in Michigan. So I was there, or I wasn't there physically, but I was watching what he did to the Pistons in a LeBron game. You know, I, I used to roll with the Celtics with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, and I saw what he did in game six of, of 2012. That was a LeBron game. What yesterday's game was, was LeBron doing a couple heat checks early, realizing he had his three-pointer working for the first time in the playoffs. <laughs> I think he was shooting like 15% or something from three. Thanks. And he was like, hey, I got this working. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do that. Look at my hand, shoot the three-pointer. And it was working. So he rolled with that for a minute, and the Lakers got off to a good start. But if you look at the rest of the team and LeBron in general, he wasn't going to the rim. He wasn't drawing free throws. He wasn't being LeBron. And, and I think that kind of translated once they were down at the half. It was like, like you said, on to game three. Yeah, well, as they move on to game three, the Warriors weren't, weren't the only team that was thrilled they evened the series last night. We'll give you another sneaky team looking out here saying, aha, next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Aha. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
Jokic. Got it! And that ought to do it. Denver leads it by 10. There's the horn! Denver takes a two-game to nil lead in the Western Conference Semifinals. Hey, man, Nicole's an MVP for a reason. He can take over a game. He can beat you in a lot of different ways, but I love an aggressive Nicole Jokic. I love a guy that's getting to the basket and posing his will upon the other team. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're doing a power hour of NBA and all things great with Andre Snellings, ESPN senior NBA writer. It's Love Friday, Dre. So I just got, you know, you know this, everybody that listens to the show. I did have somebody, uh, by the way, Devin, today. Tweet me again saying, can we start putting these playlists out? Can we just list the songs from the Fitz and Harry Twitter? Put it out there. We'll put them out there. People, we, we like to spend Friday afternoon setting the mood for Friday night. And since it's Cinco de Mayo, we're setting a particular, you know, just a little uh, Latin theme to all of this. Right. Look, Dre, 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 listen to this, though, Dre. My wife's favorite food is Mexican food. Okay. It's Cinco de Mayo. We're up here in Louisville together because we're going to the Derby. Okay. I'm going to be on tequila, so Love Fridays is exactly of what course. I need right now, baby. You know, not, we're not going to have another little Harry coming because if you know me, <laughs> you know I got a vasectomy. So that's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. But I may be twirling off the ceiling fan once or twice. Say, did, did we get a hotel room with the ceiling fan? Because like, that's I feel like that's a requirement. <laughs> Harry Douglas walks in. He's like, there's no ceiling fan in this room. I'm going to need a ceiling fan. I'm not I can jump off the roof. I can still jump off the roof. Okay, nice. There you go. There you go. We're getting the mood right in here. <laughs> The, what, I, what I love about this is that Evan and Devin only get more and more uncomfortable watching us while we're going. Like, Evan the whole time is like, he's just looking at it thinking, will we still have a show by Monday? Will we still have a show by Monday? We're fine, Evan. Like, it's just, it, it's, 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 it's all good. Evan, does this like, like, you know, we like to also spark your love life for you. Like, this, uh, this feel like we're, we're getting you on the right track. The comment I'd like to make might not allow us to have a show on Monday. <laughs> so uh, let's wait for the break. I'll share it with you guys then. Okay, perfect. Uh, here's what I know. I know that we are, as a company, constantly talking about certain things. We are talking about the Warriors and the Lakers because the entire sports world, every sports bar in America is just infatuated with Warriors-Lakers. You can see the conversation on social, too. Uh, everybody's talking about the 76ers and the Celtics, another wildly up-and-down series. What's it going to mean? The Knicks and the Heat have given us these epic games at the Garden that everybody's infatuated by. And in the meantime, in the meantime... Nikola Jokic is just sitting back with the Nuggets with a 2-0 lead over the Suns. And the Suns with no Chris Paul. And just looking back, thinking, you know what? Things are going pretty well. In fact, he's doing so well that he's starting to get a little saucy. He was asked at the press conference what he expects from the Suns in Game 3. Check this out. Do you expect their energy to be up now that they're back in their home court? No, my friend. I expect they surrender and they'll give us two <laughs> HD, they're just expect. He, he's expecting a full surrender. Man, Nikola Jokic is a dog. When I mean a dog, he's someone you don't have to worry about his toughness. You don't have to worry about his mental. He's gonna go out there. He's gonna perform. We've seen the thirty nine points in the sixteen rebounds, and DeAndre Ayton didn't have any answer for him. He really did it, and that was with Michael Porter Jr. and also Jamal Murray not being good in Game Two. 
So can you imagine what's going to transpire tonight? Number one, DeAndre Ayton better come out to play because I know Nikola Jokic is going for the juggler. What I mean by the juggler, he's trying to put his stamp on this playoff series and go to game four up 3-0. <laughs> First of all, it was the no, my friend, for me. Like that was the, the great, <laughs> that was the greatest way to start the answer to that question. Um, yeah, Jokic, you're absolutely right. He is a dog. He is probably the most underrated, one of the best players in the game that I've ever seen. Um, I, you know, I, I've known that for years. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stats guy. I had him listed as a megastar in 2018-19, and I used to catch wreck for it on Twitter. People were like, why do you have him so high? It's because the man can play. He can play in a way that we've never really seen before from the center position. With that said, um, I have been not on the Phoenix bandwagon since the trade. I Like, vocally, all of my articles – we, our, our basketball power index, ESPN stat, said at the time of the trade that the Nets got the better end of it because the Suns gave up so much of their quality depth. And yes, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and, you know, those names, they could put up huge numbers, but that their team as a whole may not be as strong because in part they're more fragile now to injury. So CP3 really could potentially hurt the way that they want to play. But I say all that to say I expect the Suns to win game three, maybe by 20 points. I think they're Ooh. going to come out. It's going to force Paul's injury is going to force Monty Williams to actually let the other guys have a chance to play. I expect something big out of campaign. I don't know if you guys have ever really watched Terrence Ross play. Oh, he's yeah. like that like dude at the Y that if he hits his first shot, he's going to shoot the next 27 times he gets it. And he's probably going to hit 20 of them. He, he's the definition of hot hand. And I think they're going to do it for game three. But overall, yeah, give me uh, Jokic and the Nuggets at this point in the series. Well, And, and you make a, a really compelling point about the lack of depth. Something we've talked a lot about this shot, uh, on this show, but I don't have the numbers here in front of me. I tried to find them. But no team has had more percentage of their overall scoring come from four players ever in playoff history mm-hmm. than the Suns. And now you're without Chris Paul. So you knew once you went thin, you knew that you were taking a risk that you couldn't go any thinner. And that in in, in the modern NBA, one thing we know, the one standard we know is injuries are going to happen. So can you survive them? And the answer for that right now looks for Phoenix, the team that I had a little cash on going into the playoffs. I thought with this with this much this much star power, they could go on a run anytime. They are simply getting beaten by a team that has not only more depth, but also there's that Denver superstars out playing almost everybody on this side. Like Devin Booker is really transcended into but something hold on. other but world. Hold on now, because the Denver Nuggets, one thing I do know about them is that they're sick of all the disrespect and everybody talking about everybody else but them, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'll tell y'all, Aaron Gordon, what I've seen in that last game, Aaron Gordon wasn't scared of Kevin Durant. He was kind of bully balling, balling, balling him on the block. Like, get, get out the way, little boy. Laying the ball <laughs> up on Kevin Durant. So that showed me that they don't care nothing about no Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. But the Suns can't be this. I understand these two guys can score the basketball phenomenal. But, Dre, why it drives me crazy is because it's that iso ball, and now everybody is just sitting there watching. No one's cutting to the basket. Just Devin Booker and Kevin Durant be great. And sometimes, you know, rightfully so because they are the lethal scores that they are. But I don't think it's beneficial for their team when you have a, a, a series like the Denver Nuggets who are deep. Yeah, now I can see that. Especially not only are the Nuggets deep, but they play in Denver. So it's thin air, you know. You're, you're going to get tired under normal circumstances, let alone if you're playing 43, 44 minutes a game the way uh, Booker and, and Durant have been. But I actually think that, again, for tonight, that 
Paul being out will work to the Suns' favor because mm-hmm. the way that he plays isn't conducive with the way that the other two superstars play. He likes to be the maestro and, and control everything, whereas Booker and KD like to, to create on their own. And I think with Paul being out, you're going to see Devin Booker probably have a double-double tonight with assists. And like I said, I think he's going to get the other shooters going, the campaigns, the Terrence Rosses, the TJ Warrens, the DeAndre Ayton, who has to do something because Jokic has been giving it to him. And I think that's what we're going to see tonight and why it's going to be 2-1. to one Man, TJ Warren should have been playing in this series. I, I don't know like <laughs> what Monty Williams is waiting on to put him in the game. There is one thing I can be certain of if you haven't watched a lot of Nuggets. It's the opposite of the Lakers. They never have an issue when it comes to actually bringing heat. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I will say is that we know the Nuggets are going to bring everything. Uh, all right, we got a ton to keep breaking down with Dre joining us. A huge story happened in the NBA yesterday, and it'll have a massive impact going forward to how the entire league looks. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. What are Jason and Harry hot on? So hot. So hot. And what are they cool on? It's in or out. Are you in or out? On Fitz and Harry. Simple concept. We'll get a statement and we'll figure out if we're in or we're out on it. Think it's right? Do we think it's wrong? Going to break it all down for you. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Andre Snellings, ESPN senior NBA writer, joining the show for the entire Power Hour. We're going to have to make you know Power Hour on Love Fridays a thing here with, uh, with Dre coming in for us. Uh, all right, so Evan, a lot of pressure here because we have a guest. you know, And I, I don't know about you when you were a kid, but when I was a kid, if guests were over, mom always had an expectation. Like the kids can't screw it up. Since you are the size of a child, are you ready for the pressure that comes with this? I mean, considering I once told one of my mom's friends to shut the up, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be on no, my best behavior no, here for sure. No, Trey. you did it. You know right. what? I, I'm and just going to be honest with you. My, my, exactly. My mom would have been proud. Like that, that, you, you were my, really... my mom started laughing. My mom's friend literally put took the soap and put it in my mouth. It was the only time I got soap in my mouth was my mom's friend doing it to me because I was the baby, three sisters, all older. Mm. So I got away with everything unless my mom's friend was around. Anyway, that's here here or there. Uh, in or out, the Bucks fired uh, Mike Budenholzer, so he is out. In or out, that the Bucks will have the most attractive job opening this offseason, Dre. I'm in. Um, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA. As long as he's there, having the chance to coach him and put talent around him, I, I think that's the best job that you can ask for. Yeah, I'm in on this one as well. When you have Giannis, it's going to be very, very attractive. Yeah, I, I, I'm in on this maybe, maybe <laughs> based on... What? Yeah, will they have Giannis? So Brian Windhorst was just on first take. And uh, Dev, let's take a listen to this. This is what Brian Windhorst said on first take about one team watching what happens with Giannis. Is Giannis going to extend? I don't know. And that uncertainty is what the league is watching right now. The New York Knicks, for example, they got 97% of their attention on the Miami Heat. 3% of their attention on Milwaukee. What's going on over there? What's going on over there? I mean, Ooh. can we just acknowledge that whenever Wendy says that, I just think a little fingers in the air. <laughs> I we, know. Facts. When, when Wendy puts the fingers in the air, mm-hmm. I sit down, shut up, and I listen. So, by the way, uh, I mean, 
I'm in that the whole team, the whole league is watching what happens with the honest because let's be honest, Trey, nothing happens with Coach Bud without new ownership sitting down with the honest and saying, hey, we're thinking of doing this. So if he's not happy, he gone. Yeah, but you know, when Wendy said that, Kendrick Perkins responded that Giannis is built different. And uh. he pointed out that European players have a tendency to have loyalty to the franchise that brought them in, that took a chance on him. So the new coach will have Giannis for at least one year. So he'll have a chance to show him that things are moving in the right direction before he moves on. Well, everything that Dre said, mm, 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 mm. Had a baby, Dre. <laughs> I love all. By the way, hot take the Calderon Club in Milwaukee is better Italian food than he can get anywhere in New York. Anywhere. So, Calderon Club, best Italian food I've ever had in my life. Giannis is loyal, Samples. man. He's going to stay where the Italian food is good. All right. Did you yell samples? <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, without samples, it didn't happen. <laughs> send, send some spotted cow while you're at it. I'm with that, too. In or out, getting blown out was a good thing for the Lakers in game two, Dre. I'm out on a blowout being a good thing because a blowout's never a good thing. I just don't think it's the bad thing, the worst thing that everybody else is uh, pointing it out to be. I think it was kind of irrelevant. Harry, what do you I, think? I think for me, I have been a formal professional athlete. I can never sit up here and say getting blown out is a good thing, so I'm out on that one. Yeah, I'm out of it because if I was in on it, then I couldn't be a Lakers hater for the rest of the week, and I'm already too <laughs> dug in on this. So, uh, yeah, yeah, come at me, Lakers. Come on. Me. Ride come on. that wave. Yeah. 73% of the time, every time, whoever wins game three will win a best of, uh, will win a series tied 1 1. So, whoever wins game three will win the Warriors Lakers series. Fitz, in or out on that? I'm out. I, I, like, this is just the stupidest. What has happened in the past on game three means nothing to these two teams right now. You know, just like uh, all of the uh, the Lakers have never lost a series that was 1-1. I don't give a damn about any of that. <laughs> that means no, you think Steph is sitting there saying, oh, God, guys, if we lose game three, we're done, Trey. I'm out on this completely. Yeah, I'm out because both I of these teams three. are way too championship tested. You know, w- between LeBron and the Warriors, I think they've got, what, seven of the last 10 uh, NBA titles between them. So what happens in game three is going to be a, a war of attrition afterwards. Yeah, I'm out on this one too. You've got two phenomenal superstar players who've been doing it for a very, very long time uh, that know how that knows how to galvanize their team. So whoever wins game three, I'm not going to sit up here and say they're going to win this series. So I'm out on that. Harry, you were very hard on Joe Missoula after game one, wanting to see some adjustments. He made him in game two. So are you in or out on Joe Missoula making the right adjustments for game three, Harry? Yeah, I'm in on that because he also got his team's attention. And I think that was the biggest thing for me because what we have seen from the Boston Celtics up until that point is that they weren't the defensive team that they were a year ago. So he got his team's attention. So I'm in, I'm in on the adjustments that he made. I'm in as well, just because of how salty he was in that uh, Game 2 press conference. I don't know if y'all saw that. My man was not having it. And so if he's going to have that kind of energy, he's got to make the adjustments for Game 3. Yeah, well, can I, I say this really quick? Am I the only one to think Joe Mazzula looks like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons? No, 100%. 100%. <laughs> okay, I'm in on that one alone. also. Uh, now, anytime a coach wins like that and then storms off, there's just something dramatic about it. I'm like, the lover of Bravo TV, call me, watch what happens live. Uh, I'm all in for that. So I'm, I'm, I'm I'm in on I'm, I'm in on Missoula at this point. All right, Fitz, in or out on James Harden having another vintage performance in Philly tonight? I'm I'm out I'm out on that. 
this one's tough for me, Dre, but I'm 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 out on that. I, and I also don't know that that's really the method that they need to go to. Like if they, if they thought that was sustainably how they would win this series, then I'd be in on it. But I just don't think that that's what they're trying to accomplish. So I'm out on it. Yeah, that last. I'm out as well because I think that Harden will play well, but what he played in Game One only works because Embiid wasn't there. I think they're going to focus more on the big men, and that Harden's going to be a facilitator. Hopefully, he plays well, but I don't think we've seen another 45 point game from him this series. Yeah, I'm out on this one, but I'm not going to sit up here and say he's not going to be a very pivotal piece. But 45 and what he did in game one, cha, please. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it, what was it you said earlier? Uh, what was you said about uh, dropping, Harry? Uh, <laughs> let him hang. Okay. Let him drop. Let him hang. All right. So I just love that both of you say that, and it just feels so cool. If I'm well, like, let him well, hang. I mean, no. let him I'm drop. Not, I'm not going to state the obvious, but. <laughs> wow. Then I'm old. That's what it, the obvious here is that, obviously. That's, that's exactly yeah, what that, you meant. 100% exactly everybody in the room thinking the same thing. I'm the old guy in the room. Uh, Evan, do you want to give us like a. That's a, definitely what we're thinking. Do you want to give him like a let, let, let him. Let him hang. Let him drop. You want to give us? You want to give us your best? Speaking of drop, in okay. or out on Joel Embiid's drop off in the playoffs being a concern, Dre. It's a concern in the sense that it's due to injury. It's not a concern because it's not. So I'm out on it because it's not like he's playing badly. It's he's hurt. So if he can get healthy, I think he'll play better. I, yeah, I, th- I agree. With, yeah, go yeah. ahead, Harry. Yeah, I think for me, I'm um, I'm out on this because I think it's due to injury. Also, the double teams that he has drawn this season in the playoffs. I'm out, and we're going to give you some staggering numbers coming up that will tell you exactly why we're seeing what we've seen from Embiid and answer the question of what that means for Philadelphia moving forward. We'll do that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Three-pointers good. 20 triples for the Celtics in game two as they blow out Philadelphia. The Boston Celtics needed this one an explosive second half to knock off the philadelphia 76ers and they have tied this series at one i thought overall we just played harder i thought we played harder than philly tonight we didn't take them lightly we respected them but we played a good game we played hard and we were able to finish the game the right way this is fitz and harry's love friday the chaos of the nba postseason continues tonight doubleheader Coverage begins with NBA Countdown, 7 p.m. Eastern. Boston, Philly, you just heard some of the highlights. 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. That series tied at one each in Denver and Phoenix in a series with a ton on the line. 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Denver leads 2-0. And the very, 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 very praised Suns could be looking at an early exit here. They can't get things turned around. That's just part of a huge weekend of sports across ESPN. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Trey Snelling is joining us in studio. Tune in for baseball action tomorrow. The Rays host the Yankees. Coverage for that, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Just remember, wherever you're going this weekend, turn on ESPN Radio. You will hear the best action across all of the landscape of sports without a doubt. Now, 
I just mentioned that tonight, 7.30 p.m., we get Boston at Philly and how much is on the line. Dre, I want to bring you in on this conversation because Harry and I had a we, – we, we were having a moment yesterday trying to figure out why there's been this huge drop-off for Joel Embiid in the postseason. In fact, right now averaging 18.8 points per game this postseason will be the second lowest by a regular season scoring champion ever – ahead of Paul Arizin in 1956, right? So you're talking about a huge drop-off. The only player that's ever even had close to this big of a drop-off is Joel Embiid last year. So it got us looking at the why, and when you look at the why, he is being doubled at an alarming rate, at about 40% clip this year. He's already been doubled on more of his shots than anybody else, including players that have shot four or five times as many shots. So the the question becomes, okay, if we know that's the issue, how's Philly work around that? Yeah, well, first of all, Paul Arizon had that game back in the day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm just saying, I'm an NBA historian. But, you know, like we talked about a little bit last segment, a good chunk of Embiid's fall off to me is physical. And the same was true last year. You know, he has a tendency to be ouchy hurt, or that's probably not the right word, like Ouchie injured in the postseason as he has been thus far. So there's that element. But as far as the double teaming element, I would, you know, bounce back to the full season. If you look at, um, I'm a nerd, I'm a numbers guy, ESPN's real plus minus stats, Joel Embiid had the largest positive impact on the court of any player in the NBA. That does not necessarily mean he was always scoring a lot of points. It means that when he's out there, what he forces the other team to do is good for the 76ers. So if he's getting doubled to that extreme, that means James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris should be getting a lot of open looks. And especially playing at home, they should knock those down. So if they're knocking those down, especially from three, at some point that's going to make those double zone and beat slow down. Well, I think that's very pivotal what you just mentioned, though, Dre, because even though Embiid wasn't out on the court in game one, the 76ers shot 44.7% from the three-point line. In game Mm -hmm. two, they only shot 20%. You're going to get those open quality looks. It's just a matter of can you make those looks or are you going to miss those looks? But Joel Embiid is going to draw the attention. doesn't matter how long he plays, when he's out there. While he's out there on the basketball court, Teams are going to draw their eyes towards him. So that means the secondary players, the supporting cast, they have to be phenomenal. We've seen it in game one without Embiid. The secondary players, everybody was great. And I understand it's a different brand of basketball that they were playing because they were play, they played with more pace. But this entire year, you had Embiid for, for the most part. And your identity was playing through him. So I don't think it should be a big adjustment. Now, him coming off injury... I understand Embiid's not going to, you know, he's not going to be 100% Embiid that we've seen on his quest to winning the MVP, but your players around you have to support you at a phenomenal rate. And last year when he hurt, I think, was it was it his nose he broke last year that made mm-hmm. him force him, or was it his eye? Something made him wear that mask. Face, yeah. That's when you've seen the production start to go down. We see his first game back uh, with the knee injury. The production went down a little bit, but the supporting cast wasn't great around him either. Uh, this is the number I'll keep reminding everybody. And this this was last year, too. Last year, he was uh, doubled more than anybody in the postseason by an alarming rate. This year, 40%. If you really want to break it down, he's been doubled on going into tonight's game, 19 of his 48 field goal attempts. 19. That number. Stick with 19 out of 48 field goal attempts. Anthony Davis, before last night, has been doubled, according to the same metrics, five times out of 119. So when you're talking about 19 out of 48, 40%. 
Everybody else on the list of notable players, Jokic, twice out of 150 field goal attempts. Like, it just speaks to a, not a difference, it speaks to a staggering. The only player that's even close in the number of doubles he's faced would be Devin Booker and KD, and they both face those doubles on roughly five times as many shots. Like, that's where, when you when you look at the percentages, they're just non-existent compared to all of it. Absolutely. And what you just pointed out, all three of those examples, how are you going to double-team Anthony Davis on a squad where LeBron is going to kill you if you double-team Anthony Davis? Same way with, you know, in, in, for the Nuggets, Jokic is the best passing big man we've ever seen. If you double-team him and Jamal Murray is going crazy like he is, then he's going to kill you. You know, and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, pick your poison. You double one, the other is going to go off. So that's why I'm saying if Embiid is going to get doubled, first of all, I, listening to what you said, 19 out of 48 field goal attempts, that means he's shooting through the double a bunch of times. So maybe he needs to do a, be, a better job of get, kicking it out of the double and finding the open man. Um, but second of all, those open men need to knock down their shots so that the opposing uh, team has to hesitate about double teaming the MVP. And, and that's what that's what we learned about the NBA, man. It's it's a it's a a make or miss league and. If you're the head coach for, for any team, you want your role players to be able to make those looks. And I just want to clarify some. In 2022, Embiid, he had a fracture right orbital bone and a concussion that caused his play and his offensive production to go down a little bit last year in the playoffs. But you, your guys got to hit their looks, man. So I know, you know, being in Philly, he's going to be presented that MVP award trophy. Um, the crowd's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward in this game to the 76ers not looking like they looked in game two and more so like they looked this entire season. Here's the most important thing to ask you, Dre. Uh, we're going to go out, some of the show staff later tonight, uh, Cinco de Mayo. I can get chips and salsa and I can get fajitas and I can get those huge presidential margaritas from Chili's or I can go mm. to the dive Mexican place down the road from Chili's. What? Is it, is it wrong to just go to... I mean, Chili's feels like it's the right way to go to me. Like, the presidential margaritas are big Get comfortable and with being uncomfortable. I feel that. It allows I mean, I'm just you saying, to grow. you know, you could do Chili's every day, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you go to the Mexican spot on Cinco de Mayo, like, like that's when it gets real. Line's going to be bigger at the Mexican spot on Cinco de Mayo? I, I tell you, boy, Coach you, Show, no, he be telling his players some stuff sometimes. No, no. People don't listen to Coach. Uh, look, I'm just, I just have a love affair with Chili's. I haven't been there in a minute. Okay, maybe you guys are talking me out of it. Andre, <laughs> we appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks for spending the hour breaking it down with us, my friend. Thanks for having me, and I need that playlist because that easy listening. Yeah, we're going to get that to you. Dre said something earlier this hour that I absolutely need to react to. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Ari on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.